to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public sessions. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meetings live on our website at qac.org live or on our television channel, BreezeLine Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to qac.org slash public comment. And citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. All comments received will be summarized during the press and public comment period on this evening's agenda. We acknowledge your participation and by attending you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you do care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in the lobby. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you could remain standing for a moment of silence for all of our troops serving abroad. Thank you very much. All right, that brings us to uh, approval of tonight's agenda. Our agenda for today's meeting, August 8th, along with the regular session minutes and the closed session minutes from the July 25th meeting have been circulated for review. Are there any additions and or corrections? Do we want to go closed session? For what we just we'll, do, we'll do that next. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. All, right. All right, motion to approve the agenda as submitted and minutes as submitted. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, so moved. All right, thank you, commissioners. Okay, we just uh, completed, a com completed a closed session under the general provisions article 3305B1 to discuss personnel, and I believe the commissioners may have made a decision. Yep. They wish to uh, I move that the county administration's employment agreement be extended through August 31st, 2027, as presented. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank, Thank you. you very much, commissioners. I appreciate that. All right. That brings us to press and public comments. So we appreciate all citizens for taking the time to express their views to the county commissioners. Comments are limited to three minutes in length. Comments longer than three minutes may be submitted in writing. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone. State your name, your address, and your topic of interest. And in keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. Okay, I believe this is Richardson. There we go. Mr. Richardson. This is in light of the continuing uh, matter that was continued from the July 25th. Yes, sir. Previously submitted written materials to the uh, commission. Mm -hmm. uh, unless the commission has any further uh, comment. I've been more than happy to uh, expound on it, but I think nothing further needs to be said at this point. I understand you intend to take a vote on it later on this evening. Yes, sir. Yep. Thanks, sir. Would anybody else like to speak? That's the only sign up we had. 
Oh, there we go, Bruce Almighty. This comes from Mark Dorr. I recently viewed the recording of the November 15th, 2022 QAC commissioners meeting and am grateful for the briefing on the FEMA National Flood Insurance Program and community rating system. May we get an update on the status of outstanding issues in Queens County and in particular the situation with Beach Harbor Campground in Graysonville? Actually, that has been. He's already got an email. Amy sent him an email, uh, addressed his concerns, and he's thanked her for that, and that's moving forward. Anybody else? Seeing none, we'll close the press and public comment. All right, thank you, Commissioners. Uh, we are just a few minutes behind schedule, but our next agenda item is under legislation. So if you want to turn to tab number seven, we have a uh, public hearing on Ordinance 2307. And I think Mr. Jeffrey Thompson is going to officiate the hearing this evening. Good evening. Mr. Mr. Thompson. Thank you, Mr. Mon. Uh, first thing I want to, uh, we have a certificate of publication uh, regarding a notice of hearing tonight that was published in the Bay Times and Record Observer on July the 23rd, July the 28th, and August the 4th. Notice of public hearing at the regular meeting held on July the 11th, 2023, Commissioner Jim Moran introduced County Ordinance Number 23-07, a bill entitled An Act Concerning the Repeal and Readoption with Amendments of the Public Local Laws of Queen Anne's County, Chapter 14, Chesapeake Bay Critical Area Act, official critical bay overlay map for the purpose of amending part of existing map 57, parcels 287, 351, and 352, Nash Court to redesignate 2.811 acres from limited development area to intensely development area by repealing and readopting the official critical area overlay map. County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County hereby give notice that a public hearing will be held on the ordinance on Tuesday, August the 8th, 2023 at 5.35 p.m. in County Commissioner's Meeting Room, the Liberty Building, 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville, Maryland. Copies of the proposed ordinance may be obtained at the County Commissioner's Office, 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville, Maryland, 21617, or the Department of Planning and Zoning, 110 Vincent Street, Suite 104, Centerville, Maryland, 21617. Prior to the hearing during the hours of 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. or online at www.qac.org. Speakers will be limited to three minutes each. Written testimony of any length may be submitted on or before the hearing date to the county commissioners from 107 North Commerce Street or Liberty Street, Centerville, Maryland, 21617. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities. Sign language interpreters and assistive listening devices will be available for individuals with disabilities. If any such assistance is necessary, please contact Mrs. Beverly Churchill at 410-758-4406 or TDD 410-758-2126 at least seven days before the scheduled hearing by authority of the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, and this notice will be made a part of the record. Open it up to testimony. I don't know what you normally do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 
I can give a, a short update as to what has occurred since um, the conceptual approval. Uh, so this application went to the Critical Area Commission after you have given the conceptual approval with the seven conditions. Uh, the Critical Area Commission approved the application. They also reiterated a couple of the conditions that the county placed on the application. As well, they included a requirement for mitigation for the vegetation removal that will occur. Um, and then as well, like I said, it was approved. Um, and this map amendment is basically the last step for that growth allocation approval. And that will then alter the limited development area to intense development area. Um, and the application, or the applicant has met all the requirements for growth allocation. Um, they're also deed restricting um, some of the land so it no longer can be developed, as well as they're proffering some dedicated land to the county. So if you have any questions, let me know. I think we should next hear from the applicant. I know they're represented by Mr. Stevens. So. Thank you very much, Commissioners. Um, Joseph Stevens, uh, Centerville, Maryland, on behalf of, um, of Nashville Properties LLC and, um, and Armored Storage. Uh, I just want to make a few really procedural matters. First, I, I'd like to ask that, the, that this hearing include the record from the past hearing, okay, the one we had in January 24th. I believe um, uh, Ms. Houck has brought that record and brought what we submitted, and I've got a list of the exhibits that were included in that, and I'll give that to Mr. Thompson so he Thank you. has that. My I, position on that, I, Mr. Stevens and I talked, this is really a process. This isn't just a single hearing. Mm -hmm. Number of different <laughs> hearings, and I really feel that all of that really is a part of the record. Right. So this is just confirming what's in that record. So I don't have to go through it all again to create a record for you this evening. And then also, um, um, uh, Ms. Jones gave a detailed presentation at the last hearing, which included a PowerPoint. And I just think it's good, good practice to have a hard copy of the PowerPoint in the record, because things get lost that are on, you know, that are on necessarily maybe shown on TV or not or so on. Um, okay. I think I think just refer to it in my list of exhibits as uh, Ms. Jones' PowerPoint presentation. So it's it's okay. referenced in the list of exhibits. Um, if you have questions for any of the for the applicant uh, um, for um, uh, Armored Storage for Kevin Sharon, the engineer, project engineer, they're here. Uh, just a couple of points I want to make, and then I'll be done. Um, as you know, this is not a rezoning. We're not requesting to do anything that's not allowed under the underlying zoning district. This is not a redesignation of RCA, Resource Conservation Property. There's been a lot of misinformation about that, that it was. It's not a redesignation of RCA property. Uh, Ms. Jones mentioned the conditions the critical area put on it. As you know, you put some conditions on, probably the most significant of which is reduce the building to three, just a three-story building, you know, reduce it by one story. That condition was agreed to and will be met when we come in for our site plan. We'll have to show it on our site plan approval. But the other condition, most importantly, um, was um, this um, reforestation condition that critical areas put on it. If you're in an IDA property, you're allowed to clear in that under the state law without having to do mitigation, one-to-one -one mitigation. Critical areas commission put that condition that they wanted to see one-to-one -one mitigation. Nonetheless, it's the first time I've ever seen it as a condition for an IDA property. But the applicant agreed, said, okay, we'll work that out. Well, you know, the county has mitigation sites. They have some potential mitigation sites, and we have to work that out. So he, they agreed to that. That was an above and beyond. Second above and beyond was the applicant was maintaining a, a small portion of the site that wasn't going to be deed restricted. It's LDA. Could potentially be used if there's overflow stormwater, maybe for another small use. Maybe a neighbor picks it up, you know, and wants to add to their property, their lot coverage or impervious coverage. But it wasn't an important issue at the county level. Well, critical areas decided that they wanted that deed restricted too. Nothing 
scientific about it, no basis to do it, but the applicant agreed and said, okay, if the state wants that, we'll do it. Um, so we would, do I get an extra minute or two? As the applicant? <laughs> I, I won't take long. So anyway, I wanted to point those things out. I, I want to point out that in the record, you'll see some 28-page document of plan consistency. It goes through each item in the comprehensive plan and why this is consistent. Yes, the applicant prepared it, the engineer and myself prepared it with the applicant, but it's been reviewed by the planning staff and planning commission, commented on and, and, and accepted by them as being accurate. Um, this is not an unusual growth allocation request. Gibson's grant, not far, not, not far from this at all, went from, had 60 acres go from RCA to IDA. The Kmart, which is now Target, had 16 acres go from RCA to IDA. Mallard Run, 10 acres. And I could go on, I don't have to. My point is, this isn't precedent setting. This is not unusual. This is where you want to have some growth and where you want to use your intensity, I mean, you, your growth allocation. It's got sewer, water, roads, and, um, and it's a very low intensity use. No school children, 500 gallons of sewer. Thank you. Thank you. Do the commissioners want to hear from any of the experts? Because I have five people who have signed up. Or you want me to go there? They, no, but if they're here to testify, yes. Yeah, these five need to be yeah, heard from. Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to hear from any of no. them. No. Okay. All right, can, the first person on the list is a Linda um, Weimer or Weimer. My name is Mrs. Linda Weimer. I live in Chester Harbor in the northern end of the county. But I do use the Cross County Trail, and I feel that this change would, uh, this building within view of the Cross County Trail would be a great insult to all users of the trail. I'm against the project. I think it's a poor use of your growth allocation amount. Uh, it's not a, a, a large employer. It's. Uh, it's a violation of, yeah, I understand, the, I'm disappointed also in the critical area commission, even of approving it with these conditions. I think it's a violation of the whole spirit of the, of the Chesapeake, Chesapeake Bay critical area, the spirit and the intent. Thank you. Thank you. Annie Richards. Good evening. Good evening. I'm Annie Richards. I'm your Chester Riverkeeper with Shore Rivers. Thank you for providing me the opportunity to comment on armored storage on behalf of Shore Rivers tonight. Again, Shore Rivers contends that this proposal does not fit with the environmental goals of your comprehensive plan. In past meetings, I've heard you all discuss that it is not up to you to decide what the market will bear in uh, regards to this project. It's up to the market. If this business venture fit within the current zoning designation without using a growth allocation, I might agree with that. As it stands, the developer was or should have been fully aware of the allowable land uses when they purchased this lot. Now they are seeking this growth allocation that will disrupt and damage critical habitat that was protected under critical area law. And so it is up to you to decide if this business is essential. Is this business worth the impacts it will have to our environment, to your Chester River, to the economic value that that provides to your county and to your communities. The developer may or can sell this project and walk away, but the county will be left to reckon with this land use decision, as will your taxpayers. Your neighbors across the Bay in Anne Arundel County have far 
heightened critical area criteria, much more so than the minimum state regulations. And that was a result of decades of unchecked development and the impairments to the waterways that resulted. I think that Ken Island experiences a lot of development pressure as a result of being so close to Anne Arundel County, and I hope that that can serve as a model and a lesson for what Queen Anne's County can adopt in the future. And in closing, you know, Shore River supports planned and thoughtful growth that supports the environmental elements of your comprehensive plan, and I hope that the commissioners tonight lean on those elements of their comprehensive plan and deny this request for a growth allocation. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sandy, I believe it's Huff. Huff. Hi, my name is Sandy Huffer. I live in Centerville. Um, I also, too, uh, oppose this. Um, this is not the right project for this land. Um, and as far as from the comprehensive plan, it's not aligned with that. We just, we just updated relating to the comprehensive plan. And this is for a storage unit. I mean, it's not the right project for this land. And we, this is, you know, our wetlands and our coastal fronts are in dire need of protection right now. We're all understanding the climate change that we're under, and Eastern Shore is very much exposed to it. And we must take it seriously associated with managing that and, that, and preserving that. Um, and it's important to the, land, the water quality of the Chesapeake Bay, which is so important to the economics of this county, and as far as open space. So this project should not, again, control, Proper growth, I'm not a no growth type of person or resident. That's not my intention at all. But we need to be very thoughtful about the projects that are approved in the areas of the critical area. And like the other speaker too, I'm disappointed <coughs> that the critical area commission approved this, you know, this adjustment to this. Um, so it's just really imperative right now for the Eastern Shore that we manage our waterfront very intentionally and we think about every project and again from an economic growth it's a storage unit how can this bring great economic you know to the Queen Anne's County I just don't understand that so again I hope you will take these comments in and thank you for listening and uh, I oppose this mm -hmm. Tim Edward good evening um, Jim Edward, I live in Graysonville, uh, Oyster Cove community. I'm also in opposition to the project. Um, as you know, in particular, I'm concerned about changing it from limited to intense development. I worked for EPA, US EPA, for almost 40 years, the last 12. I was deputy director and director of EPA's Chesapeake Bay office in Annapolis. Part of my responsibilities included overseeing the state of Maryland's watershed implementation plan, which is uh, intended to help meet EPA's uh, Chesapeake Bay total maximum daily load, TMDL, pollution diet, whatever you want to call it. Um, my, you know, having had that responsibility, I know this is not consistent, this project is not consistent with the intent of that watershed implementation plan for the state of Maryland and the county plans that also contribute to it. Um, you know, we should be reducing or limiting the amount of impervious surface in the county uh, and throughout the watershed, uh, particularly in critical areas. 
Um, so as such, I just strongly recommend you deny this request and consider some alternative uses for developing uh, this area. I'll also mention that Annie Richards is now going to be on the Critical Areas Commission, so congratulations to her. Governor Moore appointed her, and she'll be keeping a close eye on Queen Anne's County uh, in the future. Thank you. Next is Bob, and I can't read the last name. Philly, maybe? Hi, I'm Bob Zillig from Graysonville, Maryland. Um, so we're here today to decide whether to sacrifice more of our critical area buffers for commercial growth on Kent Island. Attacks on the critical area are growing. Besides armored storage, there are other projects within the county right now in various stages of review. Looking back over the past critical area changes, it becomes obvious that they have been concentrated on Kent Island. This has contributed to the overdevelopment, traffic congestion, and strained infrastructure that this portion of the county experiences today. This further erodes our town's sense of community and degrades our quality of life. So you ask, how did we get here? The sad story is we've gotten here by not enforcing the existing regulations that should have protected our community from these overzealous developments. The first being our own zoning regulations. At the developer's request, the county commissioners yourselves changed the Chester zoning to permit this type of self-storage business. This was achieved through the developer's nuanced wording change, self-storage internal access only, thereby avoiding existing mini warehouse self-storage zoning restrictions for this town center district. The second regulation change, also at the developer's request, was the commissioners petitioning the Maryland Critical Area Commission to change long-established limited development to intense development, enabling this scale of construction. The final and perhaps most disappointing accommodation to the developer was not standing by the plan, and by that I mean the newly approved comprehensive plan. In the plan, one of our guiding principles is to sustain Queen Anne's County as a good steward by preserving and protecting the Chesapeake Bay and its tributaries. In addition, the plan's environmental protection strategy number two is, quote, to continue to implement the Chesapeake Bay Critical Area Program to minimize adverse effects of human activities on water quality and natural habitat and allow for the development in a sensitive manner. So I ask, is a three-story, 300-foot-long commercial building requiring landfill in the floodplain, 1.4 acres of forest removal, 2.8 acres of impervious surface, seem like development in a sensitive manner. As a county, we have the regulatory tools to manage development in a smart, environmentally sensitive way. We just need to have the vision and the courage to use them, which is what I'm asking you to do today. I'm asking you not to change the critical area from limited to intense development. Otherwise, we will continue down the slippery slope of overdevelopment along the route, around the Route 50 corridor through Kent Island, eventually building from bridge to bridge over the last remaining critical area buffers in a continuous strip of landfill, buildings, concrete, and pavement. In closing, I urge you to stand with your community as we stand by the plan. Thank you. That is the last person who has signed up. Is there anyone else here who did not sign up who wishes to testify? Good evening, commissioners. 
Kevin Sharon, DMS and Associates, professional engineer in Maryland, um, the civil engineer of record on this project. And I just wanted to uh, point out a couple things regarding stormwater management that I think have been misspoken. Um, this project has already gone through a preliminary stormwater management design. We're meeting all of the counties and MDEs ESD to the MEP requirements. We're in fact, we're exceeding them. And we're also exceeding the critical area 10% pollution removal requirements. Um, this project, unlike many others prior to this, will be monitored by the, both the county and uh, critical area. So just wanted to give you the assurance that this has been uh, designed to, uh, to enhance what is a, a site that currently has no stormwater management on it. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I think you can close the... Uh, well, we have, uh, we have a couple emails to get through, too. All right. Well, let's... Whichever you want to start with, Bruce. Yeah, uh, we can start with Zoom with that. Okay. Right, okay. Uh, first is Heather Skipper. I'm going to ask Heather to unmute. Good evening. Uh, my name is Heather Skipper, and I reside at 249 Evelyn Street in Chester. I respectfully request that you consider voting against this proposed amendment regarding the change from LDA to IDA. The residents, your constituents, are not demanding a need for more storage facilities within the county limits. There are currently at least 13 storage facilities in Queen Anne's County. And I would wonder if they're all at capacity currently. If they are all indeed full, I would request that you reconsider overriding critical waterfront area for this proposed location as it runs directly next to a beautiful gem within our county to not only include a natural wildlife habitat and the beautiful Cross Island Trail. This area has been protected previously. Please consider your residents' request. I work in tourism and hospitality and often partner with Queen Anne's County and can certainly appreciate what our county has to offer guests and residents alike. And this very particular location is teeming with families, couples, children, many, many others that enjoy this natural waterfront habitat on the trail. Please reconsider the location. Thank you. Thank you. And our next comment is going to be from Chris Carter. Could you please unmute? Hi. My name is Christine Carter. I reside in Stevensville, um, down Route 8. I am I'm just a, a resident of Queen Anne's County. I've lived here for about 10 years and formerly in Anne Arundel County. Um, and I also do request that you uh, oppose or deny this um, land development. Um, the waterways are so important. Um, no, I don't think we need another storage facility. And I know that the development company has put a lot of money into their pre-planning for this, especially with the store, uh, water storage management. But it is definitely not the right space for a public storage. And as other residents have spoken, it's a beautiful place for families to go. It's a very special place for our wildlife. The watershed is crucial for the entire state. And 
changing it to an intense development area would be a very poor choice, in my opinion, for our land. It's, growth has its place, but that isn't the right spot to be doing an intense development, in my opinion, of anything. Our protection, why we love where we live, is the waterways, it's the wildlife, it's living where we do, and we love it so much, and it is our responsibility to protect it. And I respectfully request that you deny this appeal. Thank you. Uh, in addition, we did receive 32 emails as of 3 o'clock today. Uh, we're going to read off the names of the 32 people that submitted, and then just we have a basic summary of what their, uh, their email said. So uh, in no particular order, they came from Carrie Gill, Barbara Lynch, Karen Voigt, Laura Connor, Bente Cooney, Kim Hassett, Marion Greer, Bob and Alice Hinkernell, Michael and Rita Murphy, Taylor Porter, Sheila Herman, Angela Schmidt, Elaine Harrison, Patricia Summers, Ginger Cushing, Chuck Elkins, Linda Weimer, Craig Holberger, Susan Donaldson, Jean Sadler, Chuck and Janet Melson, Misha and Larry Hutchinson, Melissa Dressler, Roseanne McClear, Catherine Siansny, Sinasi, Ned Gerber, Frank DG Leonardo, Nancy Lazinski, Sandy Huffer, Jim Edward, Peggy Young, and Karen Mary. Of those emails, 19 opposed, uh, 19 emails were in opposition due to the need of protecting the geographical area and waters that surround Queens County and the concerns for the environmental impact this would cause. 10 emails were opposed stating that this goes against the comprehensive plan. Several emails quoted the comprehensive plan's guiding principle and the environmental protection strategy. Three emails did not list a reason why they were against the armor storage building, but they were opposed. That's all. All right, we're going to close the public comments section. Does anybody have any questions for the applicant or the? I have one question that maybe Amy can answer for us that maybe the public doesn't understand. Is why are we having two hearings on the same issue, right? We've already had the hearing on this, and it went it's the only one of the only counties. I, and I, so I, I think that's sort of explained to people, like, we're one of the few that does it this Come way. On, and so why do we do it that way? Probably needs to be amended. We are yeah, I'm just, matter of fact, so Amy can explain, because I, I know some people are curious about that process and why we do it this way. <laughs> I know the last time I was at the Critical Areas Commission, even the commission members, only the chairman knew that and had to that explain why we were here. So, in short, uh, Stephanie is working on and, the... And you are? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. I'm Amy Mordock. I'm the planning director. Um, so to answer your question, to start by saying yes, we are um, one of the only counties, I think we might be the only county that has this extra step uh, in this review process. And as Stephanie is updating our Chapter 14-1, which is our own local critical area program, we will be addressing that to uh, make that review consistent with the state standards. What, had, what happened uh, when the um, growth allocation program was uh, articulated in our code is 
Queen Anne's County wished to have the final vote after the Critical Area Commission heard, or heard the case and voted on um, the application. So in most jurisdictions, an application is filed, a conceptual site plan is reviewed by the Planning Commission, and a recommendation is made on the conceptual site plan and the growth allocation findings. That is forwarded um, to the Board of County Commissioners. The County Commissioners will then vote uh, favorably or unfavorably um, and uh, generate its own list of conditions. That, app that application goes to, then goes to the Critical Area Commission. The County Commissioners would say make a favorable recommendation contingent upon Critical Area Commission approval. The Critical Area Commission hears the case, votes on the case. If it is then approved, <coughs> um, or then it comes back to the county for action. And that action would be uh, review before the Planning Commission after the paperwork is filed for the MAP amendment. So this last step uh, in this form of this public hearing is an extra layer. It really isn't, um, as you articulated, as Jeff articulated earlier, it's not a new public hearing on the entire case. It's just an acceptance of the Critical Area Commission's vote and then an acknowledgement that you are now approving, finally, the mapping update to our IDA designation. But, okay, so going back to the way the other counties do it, it would not advance from the commissioner's initial review with their contingencies, as in this case we put some on there. It couldn't go to the critical area until the applicant agreed to the commissioner's contingencies and was going to comply by them, correct? Yeah, if there were, um, if there were some issue with the commissioner's final review, yes, it would not move forward until those issues were resolved. If it were denied, it would not proceed through the process. Okay. What I don't know what happens in the other counties, though, is if the Critical Area Commission does something that the county commissioners haven't agreed with, how do they revisit it? And I, don't, I just don't know, because I'm not in one of those other counties, but that's something when we're drafting it, we ought to know. Mm -hmm. What if they put a conditional and you just don't want to accept? Well, in, in general, yeah, um, I've seen that happen, and in general, the applicant moves forward knowing that the conditions that are in, in place by the local jurisdiction hold, and then the conditions that the Critical Area Commission put in place hold. Um, so the Critical Area Commission can make something more restrictive, but they can't take away a condition that the county has put on. I haven't seen an instance where there was yeah, something completely saying, right. um, out of sync, but um, I, I don't believe that this board has the authority to overturn or to refute one of the critical area commissions. And I, I, I don't know if that were to happen, if the applicant um, would wish to go back and amend and start the process all over again, but I'm sure that that's the remedy. <clears throat> But the more restrictive will apply, and in your decision, it'll say that. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you. Well, I have one question. Uh, we heard that in the emails and heard it from a couple of people testifying that this project goes against our newly adopted comp plan, and since the two of you produced the comp plan, is can you elaborate on that in any 
So um, the project before you, um, there are points where it's very consistent with the comp plan. They are treating their stormwater management, which there's many goals throughout the comp plan um, and pages throughout the comp plan that address stormwater. Um, obviously, our uh, stormwater, or sorry, uh, sewage capacity, uh, this addresses it as it's a low need for sewage capacity itself. As well, they're providing um, a dedicated area of land to the county. That area is also adjacent to a property that the county already owns, but there is no way to access that property. Um, you can get to it by the trail, but there's no other way to access that property itself. Um, so therefore, they're pro providing this area to the county in which the county could use to expand the trail. They could use it for water access. At this point in time, there's no exact proposal for the county, but we would have the land to do so if if wanting to. Um, also, they um, are implementing the critical area program as it is um, stated by COMAR and the annotated code. Um, growth allocation is a process in which any property owner can go through as long as it meets the policy that's outlined by the county and the state. Um, and they have, have done so, gone through that process as well. Um, and the county does have growth allocation to, to still award, uh, which is outlined in the, the comp plan, indicating that we do have that to award. So it is consistent. And just, an, I would add to that, that um, I do hear the concerns over protecting um, sensitive shorelines and sensitive habitat, and the call to do that and to prioritize our projects, and that is uh, clearly articulated in the comprehensive plan. And staff is called upon to do that in the context of the applications that are before us that meet our minimum zoning standards. And in this case, because it is a growth allocation, we're able to go beyond our minimum standards. So in this case, um, we're not just looking at protection of um, additional land or acquisition of additional land. We're talking about the acquisition and protection of sensitive land where the county now um, has control over additional wetland area that will provide um, public access, which is also a priority in our comprehensive plan, but it does provide that level of protection. In addition, there is land within the developed property that will likewise be deed restricted that would not normally uh, happen otherwise. So um, the staff was careful to be cognizant of those sensitive areas, requesting that the uh, applicant, which by right could get a license from Maryland Department of the Environment to disturb wetlands, uh, the staff negotiated to say, no, you, we're, we're not going to support this proposal. If you do disturb wetlands, find a way to avoid that impact. Where there was an impact to floodplain, uh, to the floodplain and bringing in Phil, our um, engineer requested um, additional data and additional levels of review under the environmental site design. So there really was um, an awareness of meeting those environmental standards and asking for more and protecting um, the that sensitive environment in the way that we had a means to do so under our zoning, under our critical area program, and under even the state's growth allocation process. Excellent. Thank you. Anyone else have any questions? All right. We're going to hold this open for two weeks. Yep. And um, we'll vote at the next meeting.
Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you all for coming. <coughs> All right, commissioners, our next agenda item, also uh, legislative under tab seven. This is um, item number two. This is a comprehensive water and sewer plan amendment. This is an informational uh, presentation from the director of public works, Mr. Alan Quimby. And this informational meeting is for a new comprehensive water sewer plan amendment to include the KNSG uh, plant re-rating and the allocation policy and various uh, mapping updates. So, Mr. Quimby, if you want to run through the changes, and we'll have a hearing on this uh, water and sewer plan amendment on uh, August 22nd, our next meeting. Afternoon, Commissioners. <clears throat> Todd mentioned there are five uh, amendments, all county sponsored. Two are text amendments, three are map amendments. The first text amendment recognizes the county's endeavor to increase the three million gallon wastewater treatment plants capacity by 10%, which equates to another 300,000 gallons. All indications are we are going to get that from the state. However, one of the prerequisites or, fun or formalities is to amend our own water and sewer plan. So that's the purpose of the first text amendment. The second text amendment is kind of a companion to the first one. And in effect, what are you going to do with that 300,000 gallons? So a new water and sewer allocation policy has been drafted that is available for public review that splits the 300,000 amongst three uh, uses residential uh, commercial and public health areas being dominion and marlin farms <clears throat> of the three map amendments the first one is the chester and water and sewer maps and this as all three map amendments are housekeeping items this first one reflects a reduction in the size of the Chester growth area as a result of the adoption of the 2022 County Comprehensive Land Use Plan. The second one is the Stevensville sewer and water maps, and this is, is uh, restricted to Bay City. What this does is maps lots that have never had sewer counts and never paid a benefit assessment and <coughs> never intended to be served. It just clears up the mapping to show that they are not served currently. Or, and, and the last map amendment is for Ken Island States and Roman Coats. Same scenario as Bay City. There are lots that were environmentally constrained such that we did not believe that they could be served. So we gave the lot owners an option to serve or not, and they elected to not be served. So again, it just reflects taking those uh, lots out of the sewer service area. Hmm. So they could have been served, and they decided not to get in it, so now They're in perpetuity, be. they never will be served. Actually, of the Stevensville Bay City map, the county owns six of the lots already. And of the county states map, I think we own eight of them that they were just donated to the county. So people, even if they're not buildable, you still, they're still a nominal tax charge. But if they're not buildable, we still eliminated. They were they were getting sewer. You were saying they were eligible and they were eligible for right? sewer, but they opted out right. due to environmental constraints of the, of the property. But it changes their water and sewer rating from S1W1 to a six. A six, right? Okay. <laughs> Questions? 
Yeah. So this is really just an opportunity to ask any questions you have about these particular water sewer plan amendments uh, before the public hearing, which is scheduled for our next meeting. Anybody? Uh, I mean, I've read through them. I, I, yeah. I'd rather hear from the public at the hearing before I make any comments. Okay. Thank you. Painless. So far. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mr. Quimby. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wore his tie, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> expected orders. <laughs> okay, commissioners. Uh, our next item, also tab number seven, on pages 22 and 23 is County Ordinance Number 2204. This is the property tax credit for certain retired um, military veterans and their surviving spouses. You just need to introduce it. Right? So I would like to. Who introduced it? You. This was this was introduced a while ago. Yes, Commissioner. I'm going to make a motion on the amendment. Correct. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm yep. going to introduce the amendment mm -hmm. to the ordinance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Commissioner Moran introduced the original ordinance back in uh, July 11th, and we had a hearing on August 8th on the original, and we have an amendment here Correct. Um, for consideration as well. I'm sorry, Jack. So I introduced the amendment. Yes. You introduced it? Yes. Okay, so you want to talk? Basically, this is an amendment that, um, let me find mine. It had the. Um, who qualifies uh, for this reduction in their taxes? Um, it, it's it's pretty much well. It is. It's exactly how we were doing this uh, for the first five years, but we just did not have it in writing. Uh, who qualifies and who does not qualify? And what we're doing in this amendment is actually putting that verbiage in with the bill, so that there can be no question about that. So it's been introduced. Uh, can we get a motion uh, for approval? Motion to approve uh, Amendment 1 to Ordinance 2304. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion on this? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? And then Before a zips. motion to approve Amendment 20, or to approve Ordinance 2304 as amendment, as amended. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. 4 0. There we go. Okay. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Mm -hmm. Thank you, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we can move into presentations. And I believe our group may be in the hallway here, but um, maybe they'll come in. Yeah. Mr. So our presentation this evening, commissioners, we have a special presentation from uh, our 4-H Japanese exchange student, Ms. Mare Murakawa from Japan. She's here this evening. And um, this was all arranged by our friends over at the extension office. Paul Ricketts, so you want to come on up, Paul, and uh, introduce the rest Bring of your team. And uh, yeah, we're... Happy to have you here this evening. Come on up, please. Please come up. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome. Good evening. Thank you. Um, I'm Dr. Paul Rickard. I'm the Area Extension Director uh, here in Queen Anne's County. And um, 
we have a couple of folks with us here. We have Tina Squibb, uh, who is a resident here in Queen Anne's and is also a faculty member with us. She teaches SNAP-Ed. And we also have Dr. Jin Hee Kim, who is my boss's boss, uh, who happened to be on the shore today. And I asked if she would like to attend with us to, to be part of this. And she said she would love to. Um, so uh, I would like to turn it over to Tina so she can briefly tell you about the 4-H Japan Exchange Program. Okay. Well, I know a little bit, but I will share what I know <laughs> because I came a little late to the game. Um, so I know the 4-H Development Program for Youth has been um, hosting exchange students for probably nearly 40 years. I don't have the exact number. And Mari's mom actually participated in the program 35 years ago. She wow, was great. visiting awesome. Illinois um, at the same age. Same age. She's 15 years old. Um, and I um, elected to be a uh, host family for Mari. And she's been here for two weeks. I live in Northbrook. Um, I have two daughters close in age, so it's been a great experience for all of us. And um, she was asked by the mayor of her city to present to our leadership here. So that is what she is here to do today. Excellent. letter from my city mayor to you. Thank you. Jim, Thank you. You want to read it, Jim? If it's in English. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jim. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Ooh. Nishinomiya? Yes. Oh, okay, the city of Nishi Nishinomiya. Dear Mayor, and I've been called a senator, a congressman, and a mayor, so I, I qualify. You called some other things too. That's true. That's true. As the mayor of the city of, okay, as a mayor of the city of Nishiomiya, it is a dis distinct pleasure to extend my warmest greetings to you and your residents. Our student representative, Miss Murakawa Mari, is truly honored to be given a chance to visit your wonderful city and stay with a host family under the cultural exchange program offered by the Labo International Exchange Foundation. Nishinomiya is primarily a residential community of 484,000 people and is known as the cultural, educational, and residential city. Its citizens enjoy the natural splendor of the Roko Mountain Range to the north and the beautiful Osaka Bay to the south. Nishinomiya is located between the two major metropolitan areas of Osaka and Kobe. And we know what Kobe's face is beef. Hot dog. Yeah. Um, young people dream big dreams and are filled with the enthusiasm to make them happen. Miss Murkakawa has devoted time to prepare for this wonderful opportunity. I heard that she has done a research about Kyoto to share Japanese culture with her new friends. She is also ready to recite a story called The Sky Blue Seed as a young ambassador. She will endeavor to introduce her own culture with pride and confidence while learning about other cultures. Thank you for sharing your young, your young community. 
I am sure that young people will treasure these cross-cultural experiences for years to come. It would be much appreciated if you could extend special consideration to this meaningful program in order for her to attain her objectives. Best wishes to you and your residents for continued good health, happiness, and prosperity. Signed, Ishi Toshiro, Mayor of Nishinomiya. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes. Phil, I know what you got. Got a challenge point. Well, How long are you here for? Yeah, hold on, Phil. We'll get a two weeks, right? So Sure. It's, it's a little over a three-week program. She has been here for two weeks today. Mm -hmm. So did, did we send anybody from here to there? I, I don't know exactly oh. who's, okay. who's so going. So you didn't have a daughter you, sh you shipped off? And, not yet, not uh, yet. Okay. Just, considering it. I mean, exchange to me is, an, you know, a swap is a swap. Yeah. So, right. yeah. um, she does have a few other things to, to oh, share. Oh, my. This is my city, Nishinomiya, Pamphlet. Wow. Uh -huh. In history or famous place is here, so please read. Wow. <laughs> yes, and this is a pen, a souvenir from Japan. Okay. And this pen uh, top is. The, uh, do you know calligraphy? Yes. Yes, calligraphy. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh, okay. Pen stop likes calligraphy blush. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> this is the. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, raise your hands. How many people here have been to Japan? You have? <laughs> there we go. Jody. There you go. So this is, this is a Queen Anne's County Challenge coin. This is for you. And one for the mayor. And then one to please take back to the mayor mm -hmm. of your city. And then while you're here, this is a Queen Anne's County pin, and we'd like you to wear that whenever you feel like it. Thank you. Why sure you're here? I'm sure she's going to the fair, right? She's yep. going to go to the fair, so. Yep. Did you take it? Did you take her to the fair yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yeah. yet. Tomorrow night's night. Tomorrow night would be the night to be yeah. there. Chicken night's tonight. Yep. No doubt. She has a few more things. She she has brought lots of gifts. That's a, there's a lot in that little bag. <laughs> this is about me, and we made rice balls keychain. Okay. Ah, there you go. <laughs> How many? Five. Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very good. Uh, Kim, would you like to say anything? Or? No, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to be um, part of this, you know, um, your time, precious time, and the, you know, for the packed agenda, we really appreciate the opportunity. I just came back from the fair, so that's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> fair attire, uh -huh. but it is wonderful to join um, this uh, this meeting. So, for this exchange program is almost de for four decades between the 4-H Foundation, 4-H, um, and in Japan. But there are other exchange programs. Our 4-Hers from Maryland are visiting different countries as well. So they, before the COVID, they visited um, England. They went to Africa and different countries. They also experienced. But we don't have the swap from our students are going to Japan, but we have other 4-Hers participating in the, those international awesome. experiences. Awesome. Very so do good. you get a choice like, like to where you want to go, like when you come to the States, if you want to go to Maryland or Virginia? Yes, or for the 4-H, yes. You do? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes. And we're awesome. recruiting host families every year. Um, mm -hmm. So we have 
students from Japan, and then each year we look for some of the host families who can host students. So how many are there in a given year, typically? Oh, well, we have 10 from Japan this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, we have seven girls and three boys. Awesome. All here in the county? No, they're spread out throughout. Maryland. That's what I'm saying. They go yes. to different states. Yeah. 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 yeah, but they're all in Maryland. Yes. Oh, they are in Maryland. Maryland. Oh, all okay. in Maryland, just spread yeah. out. Yes. yes. Gotcha. We get 10, uh, yes, this year, but there are other students going to different states. Okay. Wow. So, Todd, I think if we could put together um, a proclamation that we could send back with her for her mayor and maybe get some um, picture yeah picture some 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 stuff maybe from heather from uh representing queen s county that she could take back as well we will certainly do that is That'd there be great. time My pleasure. for she has a story mm -hmm. um and or if there's enough time a poster to present so how much absolutely. time do we have how much time do you want the story she needs about five minutes oh absolutely do it yep. your story yes is a Japanese story. I remember this story in English, so I tell this story. The sky blue sea. Yuji was flying his model plane in the middle. A fox came out of the forest and said, My, what a nice airplane. Won't you give it to me, Yuji? No, it's my favorite toy. It's my greatest treasure. The fox took one small sky blue seed out of his pocket and said, then trade it for my treasure. Yuji traded, traded the mother plant for the seed. He hurried to home and planted it in the middle of the garden. He watered to well and put up a sign that said, the sky blue seed. He wrote it to crayon on drawing paper. Early the next morning, he went to look at the seed. I wonder if it sprouted yet. And what do you think? Out of the ground had come a sky blue seed. Out of the ground had come a sky blue house the size of a pea. A house is blooming, a house is blooming. Yuji hurried to get the watering can, and he sprinkled water on the little house. Grow, 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 he said. Little by little, the sky blue house grew bigger. Oh, wonderful, a house for me, said the little yellow chick. He opened the door and went in. Oh, Yuji, it's such a fine house. The sky blue house grew even bigger. Oh, wonderful, a house for me, said the gray kitten. Oh, Yuji, it's such a fine house. The sky blue house grew all the time, never stopping. Oh, wonderful, a house for me, said the piglet when he came along. Oh, Yuji, it's very fine house. The happy faces of the chick, the kitten, and the piglet show through the window. The house got plenty of sun and Yuji gave to plenty of water. The sky blue house grew the sky blue house grew bigger and bigger still. Oh wonderful, a house for me. Yuji went to live there too. Just then Taro and Hanako came over to play. 
Shigeru and Hiroshi and Kumiko came too. The sky blue house never stopped growing larger. A rabbit and a squirrel and a pigeon came. A white boar and a coon dog came. A father elephant and a mother elephant and a baby elephant came too. And the sky blue house still kept on growing larger and larger. It kept on growing larger until it was a fine grand building like a castle. Let me in too. I want in too. All the children in the whole town went to live in the sky blue house. All the animals of the forest came too. There was no end to them. Just as they had all settled down, the fox came along. My, how grand! What a huge house! Look, Mr. Fox, this sky blue house grew out, out of the sky blue seed you gave me. Well, what a surprise! Yuji, I'll give you back your plane, so give me back this house. Then the fox shouted out, Listen, everybody, this house is mine. Don't go in without asking. Everybody get out. <laughs> the fox shouted out again. Hey, there you, this is my house. Don't go in without asking. Everybody get out. The doors opened. A hundred children came out. A hundred animals came out. A hundred birds flew out. The fox walked proudly into the sky blue house. He locked the door behind him. He ran all through the house and crossed all the window. Soon, the, the soon, everybody, soon, suddenly, right before everybody's eyes, the sky blue house began to grow again, even faster than before. Soon, it almost reached the sun. Hey, look up, it will hit the sun. The whole house shook violently and fell apart, roof, walls, and windows. It just like sky blue flowers petals scattering. Everybody put their hands over their hands and, and lay flat on the ground. After a while, they looked up. The sky blue house was nowhere to be seen. All they could see drawing paper sign that said the sky blue sea. Beside it the lay fox beside it the lay fox stretched out on the ground. He was too dazed to wiggle his nose. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
Commissioners, that is all of our presentations for this evening. I don't think anybody could top that. If we had another one, that's a good, probably a good thing. Yeah. That was fantastic. That was cool. So uh, next we have the Department of Public Works. So um, we can turn to um, tab number two. And um, I believe we need to convene as the, if you want to convene as the Roads Board, please, for the first item. Second. All right, so uh, tab number two, uh, item number one, is um, a contract for consideration for Beach Road, a Beach Road Design Improvement Project uh, in Ken Island Estates for $41,100 to complete surveying environmental and design services from uh, DMS. And this would be <clears throat> potentially for a uh, private to public road upgrade in uh, Ken Island Estates. So can I get a motion on that? <clears throat> Excuse me. Or the Beach Road Private Public Road Design to DMS and Associates of Centerville, Maryland in the amount of $41,400. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Convenience and sanitary. Our next item, item two. Is the FY 2024 Tar and Chip Program uh, contract award to American Paving Fabrics? I move to award the FY 2024 Tar and Chip Program to American Paving Fabrics Incorporated of Hanover, Maryland, using the existing Caroline County contract number CCDPW 2023 02. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this? Okay. Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you. All right, thank you, commissioners. Mr. Moore, you got off pretty easy this evening. That's good. Yeah. Not done yet, though. <laughs> that's right. All right, um, that's all for the Roads Board. If you want to convene as the Sanitary Commission. Motion to convene as Sanitary? Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 All right, um, item number three. We have two contract awards for the South Kent Island Sewer Project. First one is uh, phase three, septic tank effluent Installation construction bid and recommendation for award. This is for phase three. I move that we conditionally award the construction bid of the Southern Kent Island phase three step installation to Coal Ventures in the amount of $9,755,405.72, with the condition being the review and approval of the bid by the Maryland Department of the Environment. And also, I authorize Director of Public Works to execute the agreement once any necessary submittals and approvals are in place. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Uh, this is probably one of the best uh, bills we've done in a long time. Uh, Coal Ventures has done an outstanding job. Uh -huh. Outstanding. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and not to mention, they're over, th over $3 million under the next bidder, so yep. we're getting twice the bonus, so kudos. Any other discussion? 
Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So move for them. All right, thank you, commissioners. Item four, <clears throat> also for Southern Kent Island, this is for phase four, septic tank, effluent tank design bid results and bid recommendation. Um, bids were received for the design services for phase four, which includes Chesapeake Estates, Sunny Isle Kent, and Mattapeak Estates, and uh, Bats Neck and Normans for $99,999. Uh, I move that we conditionally award the design bid of the Southern Kent Island phase four step designed to earth data in the amount of 99,999. I would have said 100,000, but okay. 100,000. <laughs> With the condition being the review and approval of the bid by the Maryland Department of the Environment and also authorize, I authorize the Director of Public Works to execute the agreement once uh, necessary submittals and approvals are in place. Second. We have a motion to second. Any <clears throat> discussion on that? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, commissioners. And I just want to briefly um, thank Mr. Quimby, our director of public works, formerly the chief sanitary engineer for, you know, getting us to this point in the South Kent Island sewer project. We're at phase four. It's hard for, uh, for me to believe that, but uh, we're coming up the line. It's been uh, pretty smooth sailing. I mean, Alan may not agree with me on that. We've had a few bumps in the road, so to speak, but it's, uh, it's gone very well for one of the biggest, probably the biggest project we've ever undertaken as a county government, single biggest project. Yeah. Thank you, Todd. Okay, uh, one last item for the uh, solid waste uh, division. Item number five, this is a systematic replacement of a roll-off truck as part of our roll-off fleet. So um, this is for a Peterbilt model 567 tandem roll-off hoist from Mid-Atlantic Waste, or Mid-Atlantic of Eastern for $275,347. So these are the motion. Yes, that's why I stopped. Yeah, motion. <clears throat> I move to purchase one Peterbilt model 567 with Galbraith tandem axle roll off hoist from Mid Atlantic of Eastern Maryland in the amount of $275,347 via the Sourcewell pre established contract number 0041217 WQI. Second. second. Motion is second. Any discussion? So is this what we use to move the big Boxes. dumpsters at our transfer stations around? Yes. Okay. Uh, both the 40-yard roll-offs and the uh, um, compactors as well. Take them over to Midshore to dump and come back. Gotcha. And this is just, again, a systematic replacement of one Systematic replacement. Okay. We're going to buy one and, and get rid of one. All right. Cheney, um, the, on your budget line, the remaining is you have other, is that for dumpsters or is, there, or is there any more vehicles coming out of that? Did you know of, or is that, was, were you that much under what you we'll, thought it might we'll, cost? We'll be back, but we're not exactly sure what we're going to, we're going to see how things go. Do we need another roll-off, I guess is my question. No, no, another one's not programmed until 2028. Oh, okay. These are very large ticket items. Gotcha. Okay. Sweet. Any other discussion? Steve Chanley back there is jealous. Uh, I know he's waiting. <laughs> he needs to sit on his hands back there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With no other uh, discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. But what he needed to take note of, Chris, is he's not coming back again until 2028. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve calls him an At amateur. least for a roll-off. <laughs> thank you, Commissioner. All right. Thank, thank you, Commissioner. That's all we had for public works. Unless you had any other questions for uh, Alan or Shane while they're here. Good. Okay. Thank you. Great. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. That is uh, moving into um, 
our action items for this evening, new business. I think we have 14 items overall. So if you want to turn to tab number three, um, item number one on page one is our character counts spotlight for respect. And we are recognizing the United States Naval Sea Cadet Corp and Compass Regional Hospice. So we have um, a spotlight in here for... Phil's going to read it. Oh, okay, Commissioner Gimeno. Uh, um, so we just, real quick, this is a new program that uh, that Character Counts has launched to start recognizing some businesses of character mm -hmm. uh, here in our community. Something that we've been recognizing for a while, but we're kind of making it official. Mm -hmm. um, so we're very excited that this is uh, the first one, correct? Second. Second, Second one. Second. Uh, <coughs> Ken Allen Beach cleanup last That's week. right. Yeah. Uh, the Character Counts Pillar celebrated its August in respect, uh, uh, celebrated in August is respect. The citizens of Queen Anne's County show respect every day by being accepting of differences, showing courtesy to others, and being considerate of, of their environment. This month, we want to spotlight our local chapter of the United States Naval Sea Cadet Corp. This mission is to provide young American skills, knowledge, and confidence through a variety of training opportunities. Sea cadets wear uniforms, work as a team in a disciplined environment, and adhere to the core values of honor, respect, commitment, and service. They're partnered with the American Legion Post 278 in Stevensville for their Breakfast with Santa, Reese Across America, and Toys for Tots. In Centerville, they're supported the American uh, Legion Post 18 and marched in the Centerville Christmas Parade. Participants the Sea Cadets have been appointed to West Point and the Merchant Marine Academy, enlisted directly into the military, or been accepted into college ROTC programs at the Citadel. The cadet program is open to young men and women ages 10 through 18, and is supported by the United States Navy and the U.S. Coast Guard. Another local organization that demonstrates respect is Compass Regional Hospice. Since 1985, hospice has been allowing patients to spend their final months the way they choose, guiding loved ones one after a life-limiting diagnosis and showing individuals healthy ways to manage their grief. Compass promotes dignity and quality of life through respect, compassion, trust, and commitment. You can find more information about both respectful groups by checking out the Commissioner Spotlight section on the homepage of the Queen Anne's County Commissioner Character Counts website, which is www.peopleofcharacter.org. Pretty awesome. Outstanding. Thank Pretty you, Commissioner awesome. Dumanel. Great. It's a great new program. Okay, moving on. Item number two on pages two through seven. We have the Churchill Elementary School Playground Replacement, and this is from the Department of Parks and Recreation. They're recommending an award uh, of this project to Game Time to replace the existing two to five-year-old playground equipment at Churchill Elementary School for $302,365.34. The two to five-year-old is the age group, right? 
Okay. That's what it's designed right. for, yeah. yeah. Not the age of the playground that we're that's, that's what I, was, I just want to make sure, because when I read the motion, I want to make sure it's clarified before I read it. <laughs> they were going to spend 300000 for a two- to five-year-old playground. Now, this, one, this one was built in 1990-something. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I know the story, but I want to make sure it gets out there before okay, I Okay, yeah, sure. I yeah. moved to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to contract with Game Time to replace the existing two- to five-year-old uh, playground at Church Elementary School in the amount of $302,365.34 utilizing the Omnia contract number 2017-001134. Second. Yeah, we have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Um, I would just like Steve to explain why it's so much because obviously well, and you, that was, you, he gave an explanation. And that was going to be in line with my Vince. question. Were there other bids? No, I mean, this is a contractor that we've dealt with, um, with lots of our playgrounds out here, again, utilizing the, um, the Omnia contract, um, speeding up the process. Uh, it's also consistency with other parts um, that, that currently are there. You, you know, you want to work with the same vendor um, just for the ease of, of access of getting components. Well, and it's a fixed price contract, so yeah. they, they, they can't gouge you. It's and playgrounds are expensive. And again, can you explain why it's better to just replace it because the expense to repair obviously runs almost up to it. Right. That, that's a big part of it. And then also, if you can't find that piece, let's just say that piece is no longer made and you get another piece from a different manufacturer, now you avoid the warranty that goes with it. So, you know, at some point in time, you have to, you know, you have to move on and go ahead and purchase something new and the, you know. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. <clears throat> Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Item number three on pages 8 through 11. This is also for Parks and Recreation. They're recommending to contract with ATC to replace the fencing on the tennis courts at Roundtop Park for $28,714. Can't we just let the kids play on the fencing? It seems like it's a lot cheaper. I <laughs> mm. move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to contract with ATC Corp to replace the fencing on the tennis courts at Roundtop Park in the amount of $28,714, utilizing the National Cooperative Purchasing Alliance contract 08-18. It's like that old thing with the kids when you give them second. the president and second, and then and you give them the president and they play with the empty the box at the washer. Yeah, or something. exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> toy goes aside, they play with the box. All right, since there's no more discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. I have a quick question before you head out, Steve. Um, the skate park, where are we on the skate park? Uh, we're scheduled for construction in April of 2024. Okay. And we're still working with planning and zoning, making sure we've got everything squared up, working with parking and you know, <coughs> ability to get fire equipment into the, um, sure. the area. Okay, but April... Shooting for April of 2024. April of 2024 for construction. And then probably about 8 to 12 weeks as far as construction after that. Thank you very much. Full season once we get it up and running. Nice. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Steve? Commissioners, item number four on pages 12 through 29. This is from Donna Landis-Smith. This is for Rural Legacy. It's an agreement of sale and a project agreement for the Tottingham Farms LLC. It's a 51-acre property that is ready to be submitted to the Maryland Department of Natural Resources for review and final approval. And this will be part of the Rural Legacy area at um, 
Land's End. I move to approve the Royal Legacy Agreement of Sound Project Agreement for the Tottingham Farms LLC property. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, Commissioners. And just a note, too, there are no county funds utilized for this uh, preservation of this property. Okay, item number five on pages 30 through 35. This is a letter of support for funding for Cult Classic. Uh, Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development received an application from Cult Classic Brewing for financial assistance through the Neighborhood Business Works Program to expand their event venue. They requested a letter of support from the commissioners as part of this loan application process. So the total project cost is just shy of a million dollars, and the loan request is for $630,000. That's quite a, quite a nice project for the yeah, I move to venue. execute the letter of support for Coke Classic Brewing LLC's application for funding through DHCD's Neighborhood Business Works Program to support the expansion of their entertainment venue in Stevensville, Maryland. Second. Do you have a motion and a second? Any discussion? Phil? You want to tell them what it's all about? Did you, you were where you weren't listening? Uh, uh, no. So um, I don't know how folks have been to uh, Cold Classic and, and attended a, a concert event there in that very small, dark, loud room that is <coughs> an acoustic nightmare. But I, their plan is to demolish that and, and build something larger and more conducive to a larger amount of people. <coughs> um, and it sounds exciting as long as they bring some country music. <laughs> they got kicks coming. Yeah, kicks, kicks is coming. Is coming. You know right. Kicks? Weeks. That, yeah. You do? Not that young. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're, you're young enough that you didn't get to watch them when they used to play at the network. That's true. I have oh, no idea what y'all are talking man. about, so network? I'll stay out of that. They're from my hometown. Yeah? Yeah. Is it a band? Yeah, it's a oh, rock, yeah. rock band, yeah. Yep. Okay. In the 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, it's, that's very exciting. Don't that's close very, your eyes. Don't close your eyes. You know that song. Come on. Yeah, you're not going to sing, are you? Want me to sing it? No, 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 no. no. Right, Motion so, to adjourn. <laughs> so uh, we're, we are done with this discussion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? You got it. All right, thank you, commissioners. Item number six is the uh, Hazard Mitigation Grant Program. It's a sub-award agreement. Uh, as you know, we must prepare and maintain a multi-hazard mitigation plan and our Department of Emergency Services sought some grant funding for this project under the Hazard Mitigation Grant Program and has been awarded a grant uh, for a total project cost of $63,000, which would be split 90-10, and a maximum of 56,000 would be supplied in federal funds uh, to the county for this plan with the remaining 10% to be in-kind services. So I move. Go ahead, Jack. I move to execute the sub-award agreement relating to hazard mitigation assistance under hazard mitigation grant program between the county commissioners of Queen Anne's County and the Maryland Department of Emergency Management. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Okay, so in, in, in English, what exactly is this? Well, this is Lori's project, so I'll <laughs> let her break it down in English. But if you reflect back five years ago, we did the exact same thing. Reflect the, how far back? Five years ago. So this is a plan that has to be updated every five years. Um, with the notion that we get together with all of our stakeholders, both private and public, to come up with um, one, our hazards across the county, and two projects to fix or reduce those hazards. Um, so in this situation, the hazard mitigation project um, does a lot of weather and flooding and those types of things. 
And this gives us the opportunity to go forward with hazard mitigation grants. So without this plan being done, we can't move forward with hazard mitigation grants. So the grant that we are currently working on, actually we have a few. Um, so we wrote a grant just pre-COVID for the generator at 400, station 400 for EMS. Okay. Um, so when the lights go out, which has actually happened a couple times, over the last couple of weeks at the 911 center, the generator picks up and we have continuity um, in power without them having to. Gotcha, so that's an example of. That's an example okay. of the, the types of projects. The second one is the Cloverfields project that we're working with DPW on. That is covered under that scoping grant, it's covered under hazard mitigation, which falls under this plan, if that makes sense. I would have, so without this plan, we can't apply for the grants. Yes. How many do you do typically a year? I mean, are you, are you required to put forth so many per year one under the grant program or no? We're not required to do any. We, it, this just gives us the ability to do them. So how many are you finding that you're coming up with as you search the so county? So we can write them for, um, we can write as many as we want. It's just a matter of how many. But I mean, how many similar to like the clover fields, which is obviously a rather large. That's one. gonna be our largest, I think, that we've ever done. Um, we have written for, since <clears> I've been in here, We've probably written for four or five of them, and we've gotten approved for four of the five. What was the one we didn't get? I'm sorry? What was the one that we didn't? It was one that didn't qualify. We were actually looking for um, signage for DPW, um, oh. like the mobile <coughs> signs, the directional signs, oh, okay. and they didn't qualify under the grant. Hmm. That was pre-COVID. So typically, the generator project was actually denied originally. And, and then, then picked back up. And okay. it was picked back up because somebody didn't accomplish their grant, so funding became available and we were able to do it on, under our request. Because somebody else couldn't get theirs. They either came in under budget and there was money left over or somebody didn't complete a grant project. So it kind of works like mouth does. Mm -hmm. It goes back and then everybody else gets a bite out of it. So it's, it's worthwhile to apply. Sure. Awesome. But they're three-year projects. Um, in the case of the generator project, I think we're now up to a five-year project because we just couldn't get the equipment in. I think we ordered 18 months to get a generator in, and we're struggling to get that project complete. We're, we're getting towards the end of it. Mm, okay. All right. Well, we're voting on to execute the sub sub award agreement relating to hazard mitigation assistance under hazard mitigation grant program between the <laughs> county commissioners of queen anne's county and the maryland department of emergency management all those in favor signify by saying aye aye, aye. aye. opposed so moved thank you commissioner very much thank you right. have a good night thank you very and much by the way we got kicks tickets you did to see yeah <laughs> so then next time you uh, you can sing for Commissioner Moran. So. Oh, that won't happen either. <laughs> Again, motion to adjourn. Don't, don't make me ask for that, Chris. There's only one person in here who's waiting for somebody to say, ask him to sing, and he's sitting over there. There he is. There it is. He's got it. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce and M over there. I think he's ready to put it all on. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Commissioners, our next item, item number seven on pages 62 through 65 is the Queen Anne's County Library certification for state aid for fiscal 2024. We do this once a year. So in order to be eligible for our state share of the minimum cooperative local state aid program, we must provide the required minimum contribution. 
this was submitted by our librarian, um, Chief Librarian Janet Salazar. We clearly uh, met the uh, match this year with the Kent Island Library Expansion Project. The state share uh, that we received this year was 210,000, and we matched that, um, overmatched that by almost 2.6 million. So just need a motion for a signature on this to approve that. Do it, Phil. I motion that uh, we approve and sign this cert certification for Cooperative Local State Library Aid Program, fiscal year 2024. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 There it is. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, the remaining items we have are budget amendments. We have um, our director of budget and finance, Mr. Jeffrey Rank, is here this evening as well. Uh, first is budget amendment CC6, Parks POS Land Acquisition. And this amendment establishes additional budget authority in the uh, Parks POS land acquisition from our allocation uh, from our grant for fiscal 24. Um, as you recall, 25% of these uh, funds must be uh, used for acquisition projects according to the statute, and the balance goes to um, other projects, which is which will be our next item. So this would be for $165,134 to be used for land acquisition projects according to our POS guidelines. Motion to approve budget amendment CC6. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, budget amendment CC number seven is for trail development. And this establishes uh, additional budget authority in our trail development projects, again, from the same Department of Natural Resources POS grant. So we're focusing on um, land acquisition and trail development with the FY24 allocation. And this budget amendment also does include the FY23 allocation. So the total budget amendment here is for $956,200. Motion to approve CC7. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? So basically we're, what we're running through is how we're going to get this Cross Island Trail done. Right? Okay. Precisely. And we're just putting the, the allocated funds in various um, buckets for mm -hmm. for um, mm -hmm. spending good good uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye aye, aye. opposed so moved it is I, yeah he's like can i leave yet so so real quick just remind me because the citizen asked and i, I didn't know the answer when are we when do we think the trail will be done and people can actually use that portion come on come on so they can get you. We're hoping to um, to break ground probably November um, of this year, and that will be the portion that is in front of uh, Mattapique School Complex. Okay. Um, that's the first phase that's being engineered right now. It's actually going to be engineered in about three different phases. So we want to go ahead and get that started. We can begin to build it as they're working on uh, engineering phase two and three, and then at least we can you know let folks know that you know we've been talking about this for a while. You know, you can see some action that we're finally starting to move on that. So, so, and, and we're obviously not going to hold you to a firm date, but with the design phases and the completion of the trail and the actual ribbon cutting where someone can actually use it will be when? I would hate to even speculate uh, on that one. I mean, that's sometime in 2024. Part, part of it is you have to contend with, you know, the type of weather, winter weather we get. Uh -huh. If it's a wet one, you know we're going to be stuck and we're not going to be able to do a whole lot but if it's you know a nice cold frozen one where we can get through there and you know 
manipulate through the through the woods where we need to and lay down the base and stuff like that, it's gonna be a different it's gonna be a different story. So okay. I know that sounds like a political answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's called the Texas side stuff. Twenty twenty four, early twenty twenty five. I wouldn't say completion of all, but I know that at least that front section should be done sometime in um, 2024. Okay. Um, you want to put a plug in for the uh, survey study thing? Right. So we're in the process of working with um, DPW and, and working with um, Kimberly Horn, a consultant, to do a, a pedestrian and bicycle master plan. And just recently, in fact, just today, Beth Molaski uh, put out a, a survey through Kimberly Horn. She um, drafted up the public information and pushed that out to everybody. It's going to be open uh, from today until I think September 29th, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a series of about 17 questions. Um, you can hit a QR code, you can go to the link, um, so you can see exactly what is proposed. And again, it's, you know, it's a snapshot in time, so um, it's an opportunity for people to take a look and say what they would like and what they would need, how they use the trail, you know, whether they use it for biking, walking, um, you know, for recreational purposes or to get to, you know, stores and, or neighborhoods or recreation um, places. So it asks them, you know, a good series to kind of get a good knowledge of um, the users of, of trails. And it also asks you what you'd like to see, mm -hmm. you know. And the big one is the, the pedestrian bridge. Where sure. do you want it? So yeah, the crossover. It gives you two options. So mm -hmm. it's, it's we're going to find out what the public wants. So you got, you know, I'll put it out there as a plug. I mean, you know, everybody talks about it, but now is the time that you got to put your words to paper so people yeah. can actually see it and develop a plan. Um, so this is a perfect special. opportunity for folks to, you know, say what they're interested in, how they how they go about utilizing the trail and how they want to, you know, match the two up. And that's, you know, that's our key is connecting the two trails. Very good. Well, we'd be remiss real quick if, if we didn't. I just witnessed it uh, this past weekend with some storms that we've had in the past and i know that it's difficult sometimes to have that trail ready to go the very next morning after a storm passes through but i think it's probably safe to say that you know, your crews do a pretty good job in trying to get those those obstructions cleared from the trail as soon as possible so just please extend our appreciation to your team for that and i'll say you know our, our crews have just done great this year you know from trails to you know um, just general cutting and, and ball field preparation so we're we're doing well we got a good 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 crew so i definitely appreciate that so, thank awesome. you thank you all right thanks moving on all right Next, we have um, item number 10 is Budget Amendment CC8. This is for the distribution of the FY24 salary adjustments, enhancements to departmental budgets, and this moves budget authority for all of the um, FY24 employee salary enhancements from the contingency portion of the budget in the general fund over to specific departments and for additional um, allocations for the non-general fund departments like sanitary district um, as required. Jeff, you're okay with this? So it's good to go. <laughs> I make a motion that we approve budget amendment CC-8. Second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, item number 11 is budget amendment CC-9. This is for the Department of Emergency Services and Animal Control. And this actually just moves budget authority from fiscal uh, 23 to fiscal 24 to account for encumbrances for vehicles 
They had budgeted and um, received approval to purchase three vehicles uh, last fiscal year. However, they were not received. So this includes an animal control truck, uh, a DES administration vehicle, and an EMS vehicle. So this just actually moves those funds from fiscal 23 to fiscal 24. Motion to approve CC9. Second. Got a motion and second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, budget amendment CC10 on page 82. This establishes budget authority in the amount of $42,000 to the Kenton Errors Development Foundation as part of the aid to agency payments. Funding will be used for landscaping and maintenance contracts uh, for fiscal year, or excuse me, from, yeah, uh, fiscal year 24. Uh, in recent years, the allocation uh, was uh, included in the adopted budget, but this one was, uh, was um, overlooked this year, so this is just to correct that oversight. Oversight? Nobody's perfect. We, we forgot to budget for it this year <laughs> and should have, as we have done in the past. But if you don't get a vote, you can't budget for it, right? That's true. Kent Narrows doesn't need this money, so we'll just... <laughs> oh, you woke up. Okay. Oops. Oops. Never mind. Motion to approve CC10. A second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Spend it wisely. Uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, Commissioners. Uh, item number 13 is Budget Amendment CC11, Aging uh, Senior Centers. This amendment represents corrections to the current FY24 budget for the Aging Federal uh, ARPA Recovery Grants, as well as additional ARPA funding received uh, from the Department of Aging, or to the Department of Aging, no additional county funds. Total amounts $11,498. <laughs> I move to approve budget amendment CC11. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Haven't we reached our limit on budget amendments? I'm for one telling meeting? you. Did we, we have a somebody make a motion about restricting how many? If not, I'll make it now. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, you're on the last. All right, one. we got one more to go. Budget more. amendment CC12, Aging Administration State Senior Care Waitlist. Uh, this amendment represents a new state grant for the senior care program to address the needs of seniors who are currently on the waitlist for various assistance, um, largely in-care home medical supplies heavy cleaning chores, et cetera. So this uh, is for $553,012, uh, of which will be used for administration and the rest will be uh, put towards those uh, program funds. Motion to approve CC 12. Second. We have a motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, commissioners. And I will note on this one, uh, we this is a very uh, vital program. Our Department of Aging has been using this uh, for many years. Typically, they get about 150,000 a year for this program. Uh, this was some extra, a new grant proposed for this year, and it's a one-time um, 
it's a one-time grant, so we, I know um, our director, Kathy Willis, is gonna be advocating strongly to get the same amount of money next year because once you start these in-home in services, you can't, it's hard to stop providing those in-home services to our seniors to keep them living in their existing residences. So this will be a legislative initiative for us um, next fiscal year, or next legislative session, I should say. I make a motion to approve budget amendment CC 12. We already did. Yeah, we already we did. did. Got it. So we did it already? Yeah, we got that one. Who did it? I did. Well, speak up. I did. <laughs> you voted yes? Yeah. <laughs> See? Sorry. Tell them without you, Phil. <laughs> no, in my defense, there's too many. I think this just shows his commitment to the seniors of this county. That he That's right. Uh, to uh, right. right. That's right. Fine. He wanted to vote on a twice. He wanted to give him more money. Give him more. <laughs> Am I really the oldest? Uh, yeah. No. Oh, no, oh, you no, got me by six months. Yeah. 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 And commissioners, I have one other, one other item uh, here. It's in the... Um, it's in the informational tab, tab number four. Uh, item number seven is a letter from uh, Bill Cheshire, and he's writing to request assistance in facilitating the first annual Clean Ann County Day. And they're trying to set up a program to provide um, kind of like our, our, our uh, wait, like, a, like a beach cleanup effort, but they're looking for the commissioners to officially recognize and endorse the, the program, help with permitting, uh, public outreach, recruitment. Um, the letters, uh, like I said, it's item number seven, page 20 in tab four. So um, just wanted to call that to your attention. If you want to support that, we can make a motion to do that now. Or when we are they doing this what, what day is uh, it? The date would be April 7th, 2024. So next spring. Why don't we get them in here to tell us yeah, a more right. about it. We can, yeah. yeah. We, we can yeah, do why that. Why don't we do that? Want our support, come on in here and tell us what you're going to yeah. do. Yep. All know? right. We will schedule him to come in and make a quick uh, presentation on the program. And we'll go from there. Margie loves presentations. Yes. She's a present. All right. So that is all of our action items for this evening. And um, we can move on to press and public comment. Part two. Nobody else? No, no, none at all. Oh, you got to love that. So you know what that means. Round table. Round, Round table. table. And where do we want to start? Fair. We'll start with three. Okay. Start with three. Three it is. I know Jack was going to say something about the fair, and I'm going to steal his thunder. Okay. So everybody doesn't know already. Uh, last night was opening ceremonies. Uh, they did get through them, uh, despite the weather. Um, but they get out to no ceremonies, but they got through the opening. Yeah, they got through the opening. <laughs> um, but get out there and, and hit the fair. The weather, looking at the next three, four days, supposed to be pretty nice. Um, Wednesday night is a chicken good night. chicken night. Mm -hmm. Farm family of the year night. Farm family of the year, yep. Mm -hmm. So get out and um, get out to the fair. That's all I have. Okay. Two's not here, so we'll go to four. Well, speaking of the fair, I want to take the time to, I mean, people throw around the term hero, I think a little bit lightly, but I want people to know that yesterday when that storm came through, Mission Moran risked his own life to guard over the baked goods section at the 4-H. Oh. 
And we, I don't know a lot of people who would have done that, but right. I salute you, sir, for your service. I think there's, hey, there's actually a picture. I think there's a picture somewhere. Isn't there a picture of that? I, I, didn't, I didn't put up the picture. Well, that, I, we'll, get, we'll get it to Beth so she can get it out on social media. <laughs> Commissioner yeah, Moran. Guardian, Guardian of the Cakes. The cakes. A lot of people were running around frantic, but you, you knew right where to go. Calm, cool, and collected. You, you, you stood guard over those. So I want to I want to thank you for that. It wouldn't have been the sure same. Sure wasn't Jody. He never left that stool, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, you know security is an important thing when it comes to pastries. Come on. Anyways, um, the this letter we got from the mayor in Japan. Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be neat if um, we could get that skin and Beth do a, a PR release with maybe some information on that uh, that town. And uh, that was a really nice gesture of them to send that to us and a little PR uh, for them. I think that's that's really neat. Um, and I know Commissioner Mann is probably going to talk about bridge traffic. Mm -hmm. um, nope. No. You can. Well, I, I just we get a lot of people who reach out to us about it. Um, Want to know what's being done? Um, think the commissioners need to do more. One of the ones that's get off our duff was one comment we got. Um, and I would encourage anybody who doesn't know what's going on to watch this section of the meetings because almost every meeting, Commissioner Brand talks about the progress that's being done. Um, his efforts at meeting with the state um, and there is I mean I think part of this discussion is there is no magic wand and there's no you know people say well do something okay there is no do something button right the, I mean as long as I've lived here bridge traffic has been an issue and there has been you know I've seen things in my time here we've gotten rid of the stoplights on Kent Island we've gotten rid of you know the new Kent Narrows bridge up right um we've changed exits we've gotten rid of tolls going westbound we got rid of tolls going eastbound and the traffic keeps coming and these are issues that are driven from outside the county right this is this is a state problem and we are continuing to fight hard to try to mitigate the solutions but it's going to be long term it's going to be short term and you do need to make sure that you're adjusting your schedules around what happens in the summertime like if you're going to Safeway on Saturday go at noon you are going to get stuck in traffic and there's nothing the commissioners can do about that I, I wish we could we all wish we could if we we would do it in a heartbeat um, but it is a it is a issue that you need the resources of the state government and it's not going to happen overnight but the commissioners are working hard on it particularly Commissioner Moran, you know, for as long as I've been a commissioner, this has like been his driving project and banging down the no doors. Pun intended, huh? Driving, no pun intended. Right, driving right. project. Or pun intended. Banging down pun the intended, doors yeah. and it doesn't matter who's in the governor's office. He's not afraid to shake him down, whether it was Governor Hogan or Governor Moore. He'll shake them all down to try to get action and, and call them out by name um and pursue them vigorously you know i remember we got called down to the governor's office one time because you were a little bit too mean to him he didn't like that and you you stood up to him and said that we're going to keep doing this we're going to keep doing this so for those who think things aren't being done a lot is being done it just the action is slow um and more 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 details of some mitigation to come but please be aware that work is being done on that so just to pigtail on, on what commissioner chris corcorino mentioned um you know he make light of the comments that come in on the various social media uh venues um and and i i 
obviously believe that social media is important because it, it's a, a way of getting information out. But please, folks, I think probably the best thing that you can do uh, if you want to read social media, that's fine, but do your fact-checking. And I think one way to do the fact-checking is to be diligent. I mean, you don't have to come to the commissioners' meetings. This meeting tomorrow will be posted on our website, and you can, you can watch it then. Same thing with the planning and zoning meetings. So instead of just listening to what people are saying and commenting on social media, do your own homework, watch the commissioner meetings, watch the planning and zoning meetings, and educate yourself on the facts. And don't be disillusioned by a lot of the stuff that is mentioned on social media. Jack? So I guess I'm going to pile onto that, too. Um, <laughs> well, look, I appreciate the public's input on anything. I mean, it's great <coughs> to see people come out tonight, whether you're for a project, against a project. I think part of the problem is a lot of stuff, even the emails we get, social media, they're all intertwined because they start somewhere and then they kind of grow into this and they move out to that. But one thing I've noticed, and, and I wish uh, th that was more frequent, was that, number one, people tell us where they're from, they give us their name. But for me, and I don't know how you guys feel, and I really wanted to talk about this tonight, see how you guys felt about it. I like to know sometimes how long somebody's been in the county. And the reason I say that is there's so many things that have happened uh, from development standpoints, from different projects over the last 25 years. If you tell me you've been in the county for eight years and you're speaking about a specific project, then I know what history I have to give you. Because to write a blanket email back to say, well, you really don't understand what's going on, or this is what's going on. You don't know where you got to start with somebody so they have all the facts. Because I think part of our job as commissioners is to make sure we could get the facts out, whether it's through Beth or whatever. Because I think, I think developers get a bad rap. I think the commissioners get a bad rap on certain things that happen. And it, a lot of it is just there's not enough information, or you don't know how much information people need to be able to make an informed decision or make an informed comment to us. Because, I, I mean, look, I got thick skin. You can call me an idiot in an email. It's not going to upset me. I'll be okay. I'll, I'll wake up. I'm not, you know. But I can't call you an idiot, even though I could read what you wrote and, or, and say, well, you really had no idea what you were writing here. You just listened to somebody else, like, kind of like what Phil said, and you just kind of parroted it over to here, you know, because some of the things I read on some of the recent emails, the facts were from way back when. And it's like, well, you don't have the recent facts. I just, I don't know, I, I, maybe we got to do a better job. Maybe it's our job to do a better job to get the information out or to educate people. But again, for me, if you're writing us an email or you're going to get on social media, I don't care which, just tell me how long you've been here because then I know where to start my story with you and, and to be able to try to educate you and bring you up to speed on what it is, whether it's Bay Bridge traffic, I don't care. Bay Bridge traffic, like Commissioner Corcorino said, it's been here for as long as I'm 57 years. First time I went to Ocean City, we sat for four hours to get to Ocean City. It's been here. Right. Now, granted, and we agree it's, it's worse. We, we don't correct. dispute I, I that. Mean, nobody's denying that. But, but, but as somebody, and some, of the, some people that write about it or complain about it, they don't go across bridge every day. Myself, I know Commissioner Moran do. We go across there every day. Commissioner Dumanil now more so. And I've seen it more of a volume issue now than it is just, you know, people going two-way traffic, everybody wants ContraFlow, but one thing I've noticed, I went to ContraFlow Lane, and that traffic was slower than when it was going across on the eastbound, because people are afraid to drive into other cars, especially on the bridge. You got all that added, I guess, anxiety about going across the bridge, and then you're doing two-way. The speeds are slower. Well, if the speeds are slower on a bridge that's built to go 50-some miles an hour, you're automatically going to back cars up. And with the volume, I mean, just the other day, I sat there in a four-and-a-half-mile backup. It was moving. But then I got to the other side, and my wife called me and told me, oh, it's only a mile and a half. By the time I got to the other side of the bridge, five miles, it was now a three-mile backup again. 
So that's not just local traffic. That, we have got an increase coming down 301, and I know we need to get uh, some updates on our counters up north because I don't think those numbers are anywhere near what they were two years ago. So that's all I got. I agree. I agree with that. Well, you guys do it to me every time, don't you? Mm -hmm. Just suck me suck right in into in that traffic talk. I know you don't like that talking about That was a segue to you. The, 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 the trash talking traffic, so. Well, uh, first off, I'd, uh, you know, I'd like to say that you know, the four of us, for five plus years now, and, and some of us longer, have been dealing with this. And you know, we talked earlier, uh, I think it was in 2016, we uh, had a meeting here with uh, State Highway, their, their CTP, Consolidated Transportation Plan meeting, and we rolled out, we had long tables out here, and we rolled out a map. I mean, our corridor is 10 miles long from the bridge to the 5301 split. And we, we actually had a map that went all the way back to Easton. And we rolled it across the table and we, we you know, the state was like, oh, we're, we're, we're willing to try anything. You know, you know we're, we're forward thinking, blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, well, how about this for thinking? It's 10 miles from the bridge to the 5301 split and 25,000 county residents live on that stretch of road. If you take 404 going back east to Easton, it's a little bit longer. I think it was 12 or 14 miles, and there's only about 360 people live there. Why don't you meter the traffic at the 404 light and let us be able to move around? And oh, you know, you can't do that. And then sure enough, two years later, that's what those red lights are for. People will say, well, why don't they get rid of the red lights? Traffic will flow. No, traffic will just get to the bridge faster and we'd have more backups. So the state, you know, they do listen, I think, and I think, you know, in, in talking about what's going on in Anne Arundel County with those closed gates and what they're doing there, that was really instrumental, and I, I hate to toot my own horn, but that was Queen Anne's County. We, we has, have seats that sit on the Bay Bridge Reconstruction Advisory Group, and for the longest time, even Queen Anne's County, we thought we could restrict passage on these side roads. We had our beach to bridge plan in 2019, what we were gonna close and what we were gonna man and who was gonna be able to get onto 18 and state said, no, no, no. Well, Anne Arundel County was chirping the same thing and, and it finally dawned on me, you know, the states, God love them, but you gotta ask the right question. So finally it came up to, we can't restrict people from using those roads. And I said, but you can restrict everybody from using those roads and you could hurt a pin drop in the room and, Sure enough, that's what it is. It's just, if you're gonna close something, you, can't, you have to close it to everybody. You can time it, you can, do, you, you can put the message boards out there, you're gonna close it from this time to that time, and that's perfectly legal. And you know, I, I'm just gonna ask the, you know, our constituents to be patient. We're working with the state right now. Again, ours is not two and a half miles like Anne Arundel County and only three ramps. Ours is 10 miles and 15 ramps. And with the third largest economic engine being the Kenton Arrows on the Eastern Shore, you know, we have to be careful of our businesses. We have a lot of businesses that run from the Kenton Arrows all the way down to Castle Marina. So, you know, we are, excuse me, yeah, Castle Marina, the roundabout. So we have to take all that into consideration, and, and we are. So, you know, uh, hopefully, God willing, here uh, and the river don't rise in a couple of weeks, we'll get some. Uh, information and we'll be pushing that out and and you'll start to see message boards moved around and you know i, I will say that it it's it's a little daunting it's it's you know be careful what you wish for 
I mean, we're gonna we're gonna end up closing things, and we're gonna keep that traffic out on Route 50. But you know, some people might want to be able to go across the Bay Bridge. Some people might want to go to Easton. You better watch the times, because when we close it, we close it for everybody. And uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens. And and just uh, really honestly, in the last two weeks, we've had to deal with. It's no longer Sunday night. It's no longer Sunday night with the big backups. It's it's Friday night, it's Thursday night, it's Saturday. It's, it, you know, Saturday, I mean, it, it, it's, Monday. yeah. It's I mean, it's Monday. just, so you, these are all dynamics that, that are gonna play into how we're gonna do this and, and you know, uh, and, and when we're gonna do it. So it's, I, I like to say it's, a, you know, this, this traffic plan's a living organism and it's gonna evolve over the weeks and months, but at least we'll get a, a, a pilot program in this summer, early fall, so that this winter we can plan and, and coordinate what we want to do and be ready for next year. And, you know, and, and you're right, there is no, there is no magic wand. And, and, and people got to understand this is strictly a volume problem. There's not enough capacity on these bridges. And I'd like to say one last thing. I said, you know, the eastbound bridge, the cranes are out there. It's a total redecking project. That is phase one between the two uh, gantry um, sections of the bridge. That's $220 million, and that's phase one. There's going to be a phase two, phase three, phase four that I know of. They're going to spend over a billion dollars redecking that bridge, where a, a new corridor, corridor project from 97 to the 301 split is anywhere between eight and $10 billion. So it's a shame that we're spending money on this bridge, but it needs it. I mean, the, the public needs to understand this is not because they have extra money and they want to do it. These, these bridges are old. They've outlived their life cycles. We, you know, they need to be replaced, but they need to be replaced with capacity. I mean, it's just a shame we couldn't put add just one more lane, and at least it would control a little bit of the problem. It's not going to fix it because there's continued growth all up and down the eastern seaboard. So, you know, but this Jim, is one thing about and to not mislead the public is you're we're closing exits, but it's really a matter of what I call it is you're retraining people because yeah. like over on Anne Arundel County, you're closing exits. People are still on their side roads, yeah. but they're being diverted. So they got to go further back. So it's an inconvenience. Correct. I, I'm saying what's happening now is you're going to inconvenience people enough right. that they're going to change the way their, their habits of staying on 50. That's what this is all about. You want to make it inconvenient to get off. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to hurt the businesses. You're trying to make sure we get emergency services and our people through. But it's going to be an inconvenience for our citizens as well, and they got to understand it. You may have to go four miles out of your way to go back and go westbound to get home, or whatever the case may be. But eventually, just like they're on the side roads now, it took years for people to realize this. Those, those side roads were there, yeah. and they could get off on them. Even before Waze, that was like a well-kept secret. You know, even coming across eastbound, it was like, get off the side road, you know, tell your friends and all that kind of stuff. So... It's just going to be retraining people. And I, I don't think it's going to take as long as everybody thinks. I think it'll take maybe one or two seasons yeah. of people, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, being inconvenienced yeah. like that. And then they're going to be like, I'm just staying on 50. And it'll move. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Stevensville and Graysonville will see a, a very vast improvement. Sure. I think they will. I agree. I Chester, agree. We, we've got to work there. I, you know, it just it's, it's going to be a struggle. And. But it's not because we're not trying. That's for yep. damn sure. And so. I think that's the key yeah. component in this whole conversation yeah. is that, and, and, and Chris had mentioned earlier, we're aware of the problem and we're working with the state and we're trying to come up with a solution that's going to. We sit in the traffic too. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> yeah, the whole do. point. We sit in it. And you sit in the traffic and text. Yeah. Yeah. But my wife does. Yeah. Complaints about the commissioners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Very good. All right. All right. You got your own set of problems there, Chris. <laughs> Make a motion we adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. All right. Thank you.